On this episode of You Should Be Watching, we'll be talking about Westworld Season 3. We're also talking about Marvel movies getting new release dates. And also, we're going to discuss the best and most underrated Batman movies. That's this week on You Should Be Watching. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of You Should Be Watching. This is episode six, and today me and Ryan are joined by Tamor. Hey, Tamor, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. You're sitting right yes. next to me, but I'm looking into a camera. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> we need like a behind the scenes. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you guys didn't know, me and Tamor are roommates. Uh, you've probably seen Tam on our Westworld breakdowns, but if you're not watching our Westworld breakdowns, that's where you can usually find him on this channel. But uh, Tam, if people are not familiar with you, what do you do and who are you? Uh, I am Tamor Hussain. I am... Currently, I believe I'm the acting managing editor of GameSpot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, fortunately, recently Peter Brown left us and went to uh, different jobs, and I am his stand in for now. Um, I mainly do game stuff, but I have been doing entertainment um, for ever, really, since before GameSpot Universe was a. Yeah thing mm. it That's was right. yeah yeah when, um, I, when i got here you were already making videos for the channel yeah um and then a great team formed around a universe brand and and you guys have kind of run with it and i pop in every now and then <laughs> and do breakdowns and did GameSpot thrones and and uh, westworld and black mirror and i'll talk about anime and batman here and there um but yeah uh that's pretty much me that's a good segue. We're going to be talking about Batman later today. But first, we have to ask you a very important question. What are three shows or movies that would explain your personality? Oh, I'm going to go three movies. Okay. Okay. So the first one is Demolition Man. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's job, a very Tim. specific version of Demolition Man that only I have access to. Please explain um, this version of the movie. <laughs> so in Demolition Man which I feel like is my favorite movie of all time. It's almost a perfect film, but there's one small part which ruins it. And it's a scene in which Wesley Snipes makes a problematic. Yes. Uh, this is not horrible. a joke. It's not even a joke. It's a response to something. So a group of people who enter, I won't describe it, but people who have seen it will know it. Um, and it feels kind of malicious because it also feels improvised mm -hmm. um so i have a version where i edited it myself to smoothly transition between two scenes and cut that joke out um and it is known as the demolition man non-problematic edition <laughs> very nice so that is my favorite movie of all time I love so it. explain why it's your favorite movie of all time i wish i could get it's a game it's a game it's a film that i watched when I was young and it has everything that I kind of want in it. It's this fully formed, but not over explained future vision of the world that is bizarre. One where Arnold Schwarzenegger was the president not and Sylvester Stallone. Crazy. Yeah, that's not bizarre. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone is like, what? So in this universe, Sylvester Stallone, the person had a rivalry with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So at the same time as being John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone exists in that universe as an actor. I love it. That's the only way that rivalry can work. 
Yes. And, you know, it's it's just like that kind of stuff. Simon Phoenix is a fantastic villain. Yeah. Um, and like this whole like transplanted from an age before where they are coming in and bringing up uh, this kind of like rough and ready mentality. It kind of reminds me of when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of American like uh, shows like The O.C. and various other ones that are set in um, like school situations. Mm -hmm. And the whole like clique, people being bullied, it seemed very built into American culture. Mm. And I always used to think to myself, I would love to exist in that hierarchy as a British person, having gone, because like none of that would fly with me. I don't know if I'll have to swear, but like, it's fine. Anytime some sort of jock tried anything, I know without a doubt I would ruin that person. So it's that kind of same mentality where someone from a rough and ready kind of environment and a world and time appears when everyone's uptight and and trying to do something and just causes havoc. And it's both a good guy doing that and a bad guy doing that. Yeah. And it's just really fun to watch. And I love how Taco Bell won the wars and yes. is now the last yeah. restaurant standing. <laughs> yeah. So the second movie that I think would describe me is Demolition Man, the Taco <laughs> Bell edition. <laughs> wow, damn. Um, Incredible choices. So that far. is like... That is that is the second best movie of all time after like the non-problematic edition. Because I like to live mass. Now I appreciate more than ever that I've had Taco Bell. Um, so like that's that's like a version of the film that doesn't have my cut in it, but also it's the original version that I saw. Um, actually, it's not the original version. The third film on my uh, list is Demolition Man. The Pizza Hut cut. So if you don't know, in the UK, Taco Bell was changed to Pizza Hut. Why did so, they do that? Wait, what? I, have no I had no idea about this. Did I they show no the clue. same food? Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're eating pizza on the on the thing. I, I can't remember because I've since watched the Taco Bell one over oh. and over again. But Taco Bell doesn't exist in the UK. Or I didn't. I think there's one or two now, but it never used to when I was a kid. I'm so sorry. Um, so they changed it just for that. the uk version just for the uk but the dubbing is so bad <laughs> that you can tell it's wrong i so need to see this see i need like, to see I, this he's like I, I i would like you to join us for dinner at you can see his mouth say taco bell but it goes pizza hut, pizza wow. hut. wow and That's it's incredible. just it's just incredible so first film is demolition man non-problematic edition second one is demolition man taco bell cut Third film is Demolition Man, Pizza Hut Cut. Oh my gosh, uh, that's great. This is the perfect April, the first April <laughs> edition of this podcast. There's, that's the there's answer to the been no guest better introduction question. than Tam's introduction to a podcast. This was awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> All right, next segment is What's on Your TV, where we recommend what we've been watching lately. So Ryan, what are you watching right now? Uh, lately, well, guys, I have uh, some news to, to to break to you guys. I I have a new puppy in the house, uh, an eight week old. Um, I will show Adorable. you some video. You've been watching the puppy. I've been watching the puppy literally every second. Have not been sleeping much, but I've also been watching a ton of puppy training videos on YouTube. Uh, just going, you know, <laughs> what what can I learn now? What can I learn? Um, what was the most helpful one you've seen so far? You know, we're doing crate training, and it's like a really, yeah. really stressful thing. <laughs> uh, trying to get a dog to obey you, and 
you know, mm-hmm. there it's, it's it, it, it. His name is Finn, and he's really cute. He's cute as hell. Um, but Aww. he just doesn't. I, he doesn't really understand me yet, or I don't understand him yet. You know, mm-hmm. it's a little a little bit of both. Um, so we're doing our best to kind of just slowly um, not get frustrated and and all that kind of stuff. I don't. I don't. We don't have any kids, but this seems extremely hard, and I. I you know, it's it's just so challenging. Um, yeah. Absolutely. When I'm not watching puppy videos, though, guys, <laughs> I uh, I finished the full season of Ozark season three. The last uh, the season just came out on Netflix. Uh, my wife and I finished it. Do you about, recommend it? Uh, highly recommend it. Yes. Uh, obviously, if you've seen the first, you you should definitely watch. You know, season one and season two. Um, but it just upped the stakes even further. Um, it's just it's it's craziness after cra- craziness. Um, Jason Bateman's great. Uh, Julia Garner is awesome. Laura Linney. They're all, the cast is incredible. Uh, it's, it's, it's dramatic. It's action packed. It's a little bit over the top, but it is, um, really, really good. And that was a good little departure from just watching puppy videos, training videos all day. So, (laughs) um, and it, and it ends, I'm not going to say no spoilers, but it ends on a fantastic cliffhanger. Um, so I can't wait. I can't wait for season four. How does it compare to the previous seasons? I, I still, I still probably think that the first season was the best. Um, I feel like uh, the every successive season is just trying to kind of like up the ante even more and to get a little bit more ridiculous, a little bit more over the top. But like, it still is like I'm still intrigued by the characters and kind of um, definitely like invested in the stories that they're telling. Um, and it just gets kind of just crazier and crazier into the drug trade that's going down in in Mexico and across the U.S. as well. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it's at a sp- part now where it's like I don't know how much longer they could they could draw the story out, but um, it's been a lot of fun to watch and it's just like just high octane, um, pretty cr- just crazy like and, and really good characters like really good character development from each from uh, even like the characters on, on the satellite on the rim of like the the, the main the main characters um, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney the the and the the family that they're portrayed but um yeah just I highly recommend that show. Um, I'm also on my on my list is another show on Amazon Prime called Zero Zero Zero, um, about like the. I haven't in- heard of that one. Yeah, it's like international drug trade, kind of like the like different aspects, the buyers, the sellers, the users, everything like that. But uh, it's it's like next in my queue. But I literally have no time to to watch anything except for doing work, <laughs> editing videos, watching a little bit of Westworld puppy. and uh, puppy puppy training. That's that's all I have time for right now. So I just watched Onward on Disney Plus and I got emotional. Not no surprise, it's a Pixar movie, right? But it was really good and I completely overlooked this movie when it came out in theaters. I mean, given we were kind of already kind of worried about coronavirus during the time and it was less than a month ago, I think, that it came out in theaters and then they pushed it early to digital release and then it's on Disney Plus uh, as of a couple of days ago. So I think that was a really good move on their part to get this great movie out to people and just like this newer movie for parents to let their kids watch right now. But it's yeah, it was really good. I think it caters to the Dungeons and Dragons crowd, anyone who's into magic and um, anything along those lines in terms of like role playing and um, but it, it's also got a very good cast. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt were really good in it. But like, yeah, it just really struck me emotionally and just like I, I teared up a little bit. I try not to, but I, I definitely teared up towards the end. But it was it was so good. Um, but the premise of it, if you haven't even thought about watching it and it is good for adults, too. It's not just for families. Um, the premise behind it is about these two elf brothers and uh, one of them, the younger one played by Tom Holland, never got to meet his dad. 
And so uh, on his 16th birthday, he gets a gift and it's a spell to see his dad for an entire 24 hours, but it um, doesn't complete. Um, and it's only half of him. So in the poster, you see just these legs and it's so weird. <laughs> it's like these disembodied legs, um, but that's like half his dad. So they're trying to find this gem so that they can do the spell and complete the spell so they can hang out with their dad. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a very like personal story, but it, it's really good and I really enjoyed it. And even though it's about like at the core of it, it's a story about dealing with the loss of a parent. Um, it's, it's a very fun film and just a very heartwarming film. So highly recommend it. I have a question. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, this is such a weird question to ask given, ask, given our circumstances, because mm-hmm. it's, I'll ask it and I hope that people will um, just take for granted that I'm not trying to be insensitive. Yeah. But do you think that the recent circumstances and the way that movie companies have been forced to have a shorter window between cinema release and digital release will uh, permanently affect the way they approach these kind of release cadences going forward because it's got to be working out okay for them, right? Onward is an example of that, right? Yeah. It was in cinemas for a very short period of time. I imagine it did okay there and then it appeared in digital very quickly after and I imagine it's going to do well there. Do you think that they'll see the light and be like, oh, we should shorten the time stuff is at cinema so they can watch stuff in the comfort of their homes and we'll, we'll be better off for it. Yeah, we were kind of discussing this last week, but it's I yeah. think that it's, it's a completely whole new experiment now. I think everyone's going to try different things and see what they can do. But yeah, NBC Universal releasing those movies quickly that were barely in theaters and movies that are coming out soon uh, to digital um, right away because everyone's stuck inside. Um, But yeah, I think other studios are going to be paying attention to these different examples of how uh, things are being brought in early and they'll probably copy each other and bring things in earlier. Um, But I I think it's to the benefit of everyone right now to bring these newer movies or movies that didn't get a lot of attention to digital earlier. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's it's working for Onward. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I think that um, obviously it's a unique situation that we're currently in where there are no other options um, outside, right? So, like, there's a lot of attention on these digital releases of these these movies that were in the in the in the theaters for a short amount of time, or didn't even make it to the theaters, right? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that changes if people will still want to stay home and watch something digitally, if they still have the option to go to the theater and like make a day of it or make a date out of it and go get you know your popcorn and popcorn and candy and stuff like that. But I think this does. It's an opportunity, obviously unfortunate opportunity, but like it's going to change the landscape of how we consume and watch um, movies in general. Because you know we know that the the system is in place, the distribution is is there. Everyone can easily just stay home, and uh, and the quality is 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 awesome to just be there on your couch and watch a brand new movie that just came out. I think there's still going to be obviously people that want to go see stuff in the theaters, though. You know, the big blockbuster movies, um, you know, IMAX, you know, filmed with IMAX cameras. And, um, you know, those are are always going to be there. But this is definitely going to change things. Yeah, Hmm. I agree. It's like a split audience. It's like some people are just going to be like, I got to see this in theaters. Like, this is a movie that I need to see on as big a screen as possible. And it depends on the movie release, right? But then, yeah, I think with animated films, sometimes people are just like, yeah, I'll just 
wait till that's out on digital if it's coming out in digital in two months have, have either I, of you I guys watched invisible man no no oh, okay because that, that's like one of the that's one of the things, examples but I've heard a lot of good things yeah that's mm -hmm. one of the examples that you can like obviously we can get at home it's coming soon I, I believe right I think it's out already. It's out already. Yeah, I, I saw ads on my Fire TV. Uh, yeah. See that? I yeah. saw That's... people grumbling about it on Twitter because it was like twenty dollars to yeah. watch it for forty-eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, for for That's a lot. <laughs> it for... is. It is. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess it is. It's, there are good examples and bad examples of how you'd want to spend that twenty dollars, you know, for an at-home release, but. Um, I, I think that people will pay a little bit more if, if there's if they've kind of run out of things to watch. In my case, I'll watch anything besides puppy videos right now. You know, I'll, <laughs> literally, I, I kind of want to get away and just watch like a horror movie, even if it's like a B or C horror movie. Go for Cujo. it. Cujo. <laughs> oh, no, no, dog, not dog horror movies. No, no. damn. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> Pet Cemetery, I heard is Oh, God, you guys are the worst. Please don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Tam, you've been watching a lot of Westworld, as you mentioned. How is that going? How are you enjoying this season? I'm really, really enjoying it. So, Westworld is the most consistent thing that I've watched in the last... Actually, like, I watched Tiger King. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so excited that there seems to be a new episode coming out. Yeah. Um, I heard. Yeah. yeah. Like, Which I think like, all of us watched the whole thing already. Yes. Yeah. So what would the new episode be about? Did you read any details? Jeff, right? Jeff Lowe. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's mainly focused on Jeff. Um, he's the one who kind of announced it, right? Yeah. Weird. Um, so, so weird. and he's an interesting character. I don't know what to make of him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, don't I hate calling them. these people characters because yeah. that's what they are, but they're all like humans and potential criminals. Yes. Yeah. So um, he's an interesting person he definitely had it out for joe exotic though oh yeah yeah. Just, yeah i mean none of them are good people but he had it out for him yeah so i watched that and um i've been neck deep in a video game review uh so but the one thing i came out for was westworld and i am really enjoying this season um ryan gets to edit lucy and i's breakdowns which you can watch on the against what universe um but i think you can agree that we're all pretty positive on it um season two was up and down it had some Very some mixed. of the best yeah it had some of the best episodes in the series mm -hmm. as a whole but as a story and a narrative arc, season two is quite a mess and convoluted and boring in parts. And I think they were trying to be smarter than they needed to be. Um, and for this, they've kind of scaled their back, um, season three. And it's just a smarter, sharper, more like focused story, which I really like. Um, and I'm enjoying each episode more than the last. The first one I thought was a strong start to the season. Agreed. And then we had the episode with Maeve. And then episode three was like a, a little more information on Serac, the big bad guy. And then episode four, which is out now, was... I'm not going to spoil it in case people have seen it. You can watch our breakdown if you want to spoil it. Um, but it's more of what Dolores is up to. Big revelations and more about Serac and the world and where things are going. And so by keeping it like simple, but really relying on the heritage of the things that they set up, I think they're doing a really good job at keeping me hooked at least, at least and keeping me coming back and excited to see what's going more. 
Um, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I'm enjoying it too. I'm one episode behind you, but I've really been enjoying this and it does feel like they took a look at season two and they're like, what can we learn from this? We lost a lot of people. How do we bring more of the broader audience back? Because um, I think they kept the, the core Westworld fan base for, you know, the majority of them, but uh, I think they lost a lot of people. So I think they're mm. able to bring people back in by making it a little more straightforward this season. Ryan, you've been editing behind the scenes, so how have you been enjoying the show? Uh, I agree on all fronts with, the, with you guys, um, but I see, I get another glimpse. Of, I get to edit Tam and Lucy as well, so I get all the fun stuff. This is stuff that doesn't even get to <laughs> get seen elsewhere. Um, and I, Tam, I, I love his takes on music. Okay, if you if you guys haven't been watching, <laughs> go go to Gamespot Universe, watch all of our breakdowns because you're not only getting excellent analysis on the episode itself, but this guy's just re- recommending like amazing albums to listen to afterwards. Uh, he, he's, he's he's dropping all like we have we have this similar taste in music, so it's been fun. Uh, yeah, you know, editing uh, uh, Lucy and Tam and all the wild wacky ideas that we we kind of all. Uh, put together but the highlight so far I mean Sean Paul tweeted out our video (laughs) (laughs) we do have to bring this up so I mean there's not a lot of editing that goes into this podcast but you need to show a screenshot in the video version of this podcast of Sean Paul tweeting out the video of Tam and Lucy (laughs) I know that's pretty high point that's a high point for us Westworld season three that's 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 my high point right now (laughs) (laughs) I like to imagine that he's now still watching the breakdowns and it's like I'm into this show. I like this Westworld thing. I like Westworld. Yeah, he definitely is. You got him him hooked, Tam. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So to note, there are only eight episodes this season. So discuss. What do you think? Eight episodes. Do you think that they were limited to eight episodes? Do you think they had enough and they just wanted to stop there? I'm trying to be optimistic and I'm taking it as them knowing this is the amount of episodes we need to tell this story. Mm -hmm. I feel like... If this was Netflix, I'd be worried because they mess around with length size and often elongate series just for the sake of hitting a number. Mm -hmm. But I've got more faith in HBO. As I say that, I remember The Outsider and how that kind of petered off halfway through and they really dragged it out. But I feel like for their prestige shows like Westworld, Watchmen. Watchmen, they know when to quit. And I feel like this is... The Nolans and Joy um, and the rest of the writing team and production team knowing um, this is how many episodes we need to tell this story. So I'm quite optimistic that they have a plan and they have a banger of an ending lined up and it's a episode is all they needed. So that's that's keeping me hooked and keeping me excited for how where it's going. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited cool. for it, too. I, I think it's a positive thing. Like you said, I think HBO has a good track record with these things. Um, and, and I like, I, to be honest, I, I don't like the American, the American style of like series, limited series, are like a lot of episodes. And then a lot, a lot of the British, I mean, Tam, you know better than me, but a lot of the British mm-hmm. shows in recent, you know, last 20 years have been always just as long as the story goes. And it could be six, uh, you know, six episodes or six, you know, mini movies or eight. Um, but I, I think that they took a lot of, like you said earlier, a lot of feedback from season two. And it was just like kind of all over the place, the timelines here and there and what's going on. And it kind of just like simplified the story. Let's move it all off of the theme park, out of the park. Let's move it all forward. And let's kind of like wrap up the story, not get too crazy and kind of simplify it as much as you can this show and just make it easier for viewers. So like, I don't think it's a bad thing that it's eight episodes. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, the next section is this just in. This is where we talk about the latest news in the last week. So first up, we have delayed Marvel movies getting new release dates. So Black Widow originally arriving on May 1st has now been moved to November 6th. And because that was the original date for Eternals, this is just a trickle-down effect. This is just a domino effect. All the upcoming MCU movies have been shifted, eventually leading to Captain Marvel 2 being reassigned to July 8th, 2022. Uh, So Black Widow moves forward to November. Eternals is in February. Shang-Chi in May, Doctor Strange 2 is in November of 2021, Thor, Love and Thunder, unfortunately, February 28, 2022, and I think that's the biggest loss here, guys, is that we have to wait now until 2022 for Thor 4, and I'm very sad about that. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm Huge bummer. That, Dev- yeah. I think yeah. that was all of our favorite, right? We were all looking forward to that one the, mo- the Pretty most. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Number four in my movies that to know me is Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> Yes, he it's loves one the best. It's one of the best MCU. It's one of the yeah. best MCU films like, <laughs> so out of all of them. Yeah. Agreed. And then Captain Marvel 2, July 8th, 2022. But I think, yeah, this is necessary because of what's going on in the world right now and everything's just kind of shifted. Um, but yeah, I just I want some more MCU and I hope that that it continues to be at the level that it's been at. Like, I know this is a new day and age after Avengers is over. How do you guys feel that these movies will be received after the end of Avengers? I think it's going to be interesting because it's almost like a reset for them. They're starting yeah. all over again with new characters and we've they've shown that they can take an obscure like mainstream character or the a character that is obscure within the mainstream like people know and love iron man and tony stark now but the reason he was the first character they used is because literally no one cared it was almost like marvel dumping them and being like yeah use this character if you can make this work whatever and they did it um so we have faith in them to do that and i'm excited yeah. to see them do that with new characters the Eternals cast looks amazing. Yeah. Um, my personal, the movie that I'm most excited about, uh, Blade is not around yet, but I can't wait to see what they do with that. Mahershala. I think yeah. he's they a really could good not blade. have picked yeah. a more perfect person for that role. I freaked out at Comic-Con. Ryan was there when I heard about yeah. Mahershala. I think, we, I think we all did. We all freaked no, we out. All, yeah. yeah, we all like freaked <laughs> I out. I remember. Like, Whoa, we didn't see that one coming at all. But yeah. And um, then like look, immediately look, after... Wesley Snipes tweeted at him and was like, get it, get it, brother. Good luck. Yep. Some yeah. like, from Blade yes. himself. Totally. I think nothing from Kirk dates. Sticky Fingers Jones, though. The other Blade. <laughs> People forget that he played. I forgot. Um, he played. <laughs> so, the TV show was actually decent, um, but Sticky Fingers from the uh, rap group Onyx, which you should listen to their album, uh, Last Day is Another music, track. Rexy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so next story that we have here is that the Birds of Prey director has an idea for the sequel. So follow-up has not been confirmed yet for this movie, but Kathy Yan said that if given the opportunity, it would focus on Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. So she said, I would love to see Poison Ivy, and I would certainly love to see the relationship between Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. So that's what she told the rap. Uh, what do you guys think? Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, would you watch that? Hell yes. But guys, I have, I have uh, something to say. I, I, have, I have to admit, I did not see Birds of Prey yet. I need to watch this immediately. It's on digital now. <laughs> I know. I have no excuse. Yeah. Now I have no excuse. It's good. Okay. It's good. I'm it's just going yeah. to let it's this fun. puppy grow up and just get, you know do its own thing, and I'm just going to go watch Birds of Prey. Yeah. I, need to, I need to see this because I've heard great things. You guys have told me. Chastity, you've told me for weeks now that yeah. um, it was, we, it was a great movie. Me and Tam saw it. It's good. Um, yeah, me yeah. and Tam went to the screening, and we both really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I like, like it. Next on my, it's next it's on my got list. a lot of style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's it knows what it wants to be and it nails that. Um I think Pamela Isley is a perfect new character to bring into that universe. Um she has the same kind of confidence and uh self-assuredness as uh Harley eventually gets to. So there'd be an interesting kind of like couple of characters to bounce off of each other but maybe eventually find an understanding within each other um i think it's going to be it could be like the story of two characters who could potentially rule the sea sea and like take over understanding how they can work together and be friends and that's ultimately what the braids birds of prey a kind of comic series is about as well like they finding each other and finding comfort and companionship and trust within each other but also getting up to no good which is cool and i love it agreed all right the next segment is you should be watching so before we jump into the best and most underrated batman movies we are going to talk a little bit about the batman which is in production or was in production it's been paused due to the pandemic so how do we feel about this movie and how it's been shaping up it's got a really great cast it's got Robert Pattinson Colin Farrell as Penguin Andy Serkis as Alfred Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle Paul Dano as Riddler I thought was really good casting Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon John Turturro as Falcone Um, what do you guys think of that cast and how this movie's shaping up I think it's a fantastic cast the only question I have is Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell's Penguin is a question mark. That is a big question mark. I'm sure he could do it, but I just don't... There's not many roles in which I'm like, wow, Colin Farrell is great. (laughs) He's had a rough few recent movies. um, And like... He was Bullseye at one point, if I remember correctly. That's a lot. We try to to forget about that one. Yes, he was. Yeah, that was awful. Um, But... The rest of the cast, I'm very, very confident in. Like, I think Robert Pattinson's very underrated. Um, I mean, people are loving him now, given... I think he was in Lighthouse, was it? Yeah. Um, he's great in that. And he's done some stuff, smaller indie stuff. Good time. Been, good time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Safety yeah. Brothers, good circus time. Is, circus is circus. He's incredible. Um, I think that he's as good an actor out of the uh, performance capture as he is in. Um, he was great as Ulysses Claw in the MCU and Zoe Kravitz amazing like she's she's fantastic Paul Dano's amazing Paul Dano's such a perfect choice for Ridley yeah Jeffrey Wright plays Bernard in Westworld got a lot of love for him he'll be a good Gordon I think and yeah yeah, I can see it and John Turturro great choice as well I'm excited and I love that the uh 
suit that they've shown mm-hmm. it looks very much like the arkham city arkham yeah arkham yeah night uh, era of uh, batman suits from the rocksteady games so um i'm excited to see that kind of unfold the car looks great the batmobile looks amazing mm-hmm. um i'm sad that it's gonna probably be a while since uh, till we watch it but it's gonna be a take, while yeah yeah take all the time you need mm-hmm just make it good. Just make it good. Ryan, what do you think? Are you excited for the Batman? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, I agree with everything Tam said. Um, I had a lot of friends kind of reacting when they saw that Robert Pattinson was going to be was going to be Batman, like the Twilight guy. Because they the haven't Twi- seen his smaller movies. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the Twilight guy. Like he, he has such mm-hmm. range. He could. He does. He's an incredible actor. I have no doubts that he will do a great job as Batman. Um, I'm super stoked on it. And like, yeah. It, there's like now there's there's no rush like take your time make sure it's great um uh, i think the cast is incredible i think they're gonna they're they're gonna do a really good job and i I believe uh, tam can correct me but i I believe from what i've heard it's gonna be more of like a young batman in 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 bruce wayne in like detective mode um as opposed to like what we've seen in the other films they've not actually said it outright Mm -hmm. any sort of plot synopsis but based on the way he looks um he's kind of like the the behind the scenes leaked screenshots of the production um it shows him to be like taking battle damage and the way his suit looks it looks a bit rudimentary um i think it's more of a early career uh dark knight detective more than a like superhero origin story this isn't going to be ben affleck style or <laughs> thank god you know, christian bale <laughs> yeah i think this is, they're trying to do like not the DC Black label, but close to it. Yeah. Um, a little more grounded and a little more like cerebral, I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it should be early days, Batman. Yeah. I'm very optimistic about it. All right. So that leads us to the subject in question, the best and most underrated Batman movies. So we're going to be answering which is the best Batman movie and which Batman movie do you think is underrated? Ryan, I'm going to start with you for the first question. Which is the best Batman movie and why? Guys, tell me if this makes me like super basic, but I, I think The Dark Knight is <laughs> the doesn't. best Batman movie. No, is that like no. This? it does not. It, okay. No, it does not make you basic because if that seems like an obvious answer, then it might be the obvious answer for best live action Batman movie. Like, yeah, I think just universally, critically, and just the from the widest audiences, if you ask all of those people, the the top answer would be The Dark Knight. I think that's just clear i think just seeing it in the th- a theater i had never seen like a superhero comic book movie like hit me like that it felt ve- very like realistic in the sense like it felt like this it, it didn't feel so like uh you know out of this world or something that like you know something crazy something super like um uh, that couldn't happen like it felt like very very grounded in the reality that christopher nolan created um and i i just I, the performance is obviously you know of heath ledger in, in particular uh, it just it sticks with you, and as one of those, it's one of those movies where I'm like, there's you know there there are some parts where you're just like, uh, okay, it's a little bit shaky here and there, but um, overall, just like epic, just like I, I don't know how to say it else. I, I, I and I, I enjoy almost everything that Christopher Nolan does. So um, the, his yeah, the, the Dark Knight was basically I think his his the bet one of the best uh, Batman movies, if not the best like superhero movies. I agree. It's not yet. Yeah. 
like you said, it's not just a great uh, Batman movie. It's not just a great superhero movie. It's just a great film. Yeah. Like, in general, it's a well-crafted, well-directed, well-acted film. And yeah, there's a lot of credit due to Heath Ledger's performance. And that is just something that you'll never forget. And that's his finest work, to be honest. But yeah, it's um, it's something he'll always be remembered for. But I, yeah, you just cannot, like forget watching that movie but I also think this is not a negative but it's also so heavy and it's um, so intense that it's I find it a little bit harder to rewatch uh, mm. because I feel like I need to be in the right mood yeah. um, because sometimes I just don't want something that dark especially like right now I'm kind of I kind of bummed out once in a while I probably wouldn't rewatch Dark Knight right right now but I would probably rewatch Batman Begins I feel like I've watched Batman Begins way more times than I've watched The Dark Knight and I don't know I just I mean I do love origin stories and I do love uh just that whole path that uh Christian Bale took and then he was with uh, Liam Neeson and I just love watching yeah. that story unfold yeah. over and over again so I really liked that film a lot um so I think I would say that would be up there that at least would be top four top five yeah. um for Batman Begins have you heard the uh, bit of trivia about Batman Begins that Ken Watanabe still doesn't know that he wasn't Ra's al Ghul? Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real, oh I did not know goodness. this. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, incredible. Been, I'm not 100% sure if it's actually true, but I it's definitely so. been reported a bunch of times. Wow. And so he's just walking around. It's like, yeah, I was Ra's al Ghul. I was Ra's yeah. al Ghul. <laughs> demon head the fu- wow the funniest the funniest thing amazing the funniest thing from the dark nights that still kills me and we've seen the meme everywhere but you know in the mm-hmm. hospital scene when uh two-face doesn't realize that it's that it's joker underneath the mask tam you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. About. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it's like it, and then he then he's all surprised when he takes off this little mask and you're just like oh I, that just kills me all the time. it's like bro it's joker just right that there. look of shock he's like <gasps> It's such a good move. Um, all right. So we brought you here to talk about Batman because you are our Batman expert, Tam. So what is the actual best Batman movie? So you can tell me if this makes me sound like a pretentious douche. But no, makes you sound like you know what you're talking <laughs> My favorite. I think the best one is actually Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Um, 92, 93? Yeah. Right? Animated film? Yeah. Yeah, based on the Batman the Animated Series starring Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. Iconic series for uh, definitely everyone here, but for a lot of Batman fans who came up watching the cartoons. Um, very much defined Batman for an era, whether that's visually or like the voice you hear. When I read comic books for Batman, which I do frequently, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice um sidebar i got kevin conrad on to wish me a happy birthday once (laughs) Um, which was my favorite thing ever um but that story is one of the most interesting um analysis and uh kind of depictions of batman at his bruce wayne at his most vulnerable and um it's every complicated part of that character the fears the kind of ambitions and everything he stands for but also every weakness he does his best to avoid laid out picked apart really analyzed and put back together in a fascinating story about like love uh, revenge ambition and it's just visually stunning um i wholeheartedly think that paul dini is 
among the best Batman writers ever to have existed. Um, you can see anything he touches with Batman does amazing, whether that's the animated series, um, Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, he did Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Um, and those are amazing Batman stories. Incredible and then Batman he also, games, yeah. yeah. And he also wrote a book called The Dark Knight, which is not about Batman. It's about him walking home one night and being attacked by a criminal and it ruined his life and he found the strength to bounce back from that through batman and it's a story about him finding strength in the character and it's everything he touches is incredible i think that particular movie mask of the phantasm is an essential watch if you are a fan of batman or even have a remote understanding or interest in batman he's it's just a fascinating and really true to the character depiction of him it's a great answer all right now let's switch to most underrated so just the ones that don't get enough love um i'm gonna toss it to ryan first ryan what's the most underrated batman movie i don't know if this is underrated but maybe over perhaps over overlooked um with everything else that we talk about but i i really mm-hmm. liked um batman returns the second one yeah, that, great. Tim, that tim burton did i mean I, maybe it's properly rated i don't know i i, I think a lot of people talk about like the first like a lot of people uh you know talk about like the iconic characters like the joker and, and all the performances that we've seen on on live action but um i feel like batman returns like you know Burton had the cachet after the first one to kind of do some wilder things, some different stuff, get a little wacky. Um, you know, the 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 villain, you get to see more of the villains in the universe. And I, I had a lot of fun. I, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. Um, so whenever I do stumble upon that being on 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 cable, like I'll I'll check out I'll, I'll hang with that one a lot more than I I would I would think the think to because I, I just remember like fond memories of how it kind of opened up that wild world world back then. Yeah, no, there was a lot of really good performances in that movie. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved um, Catwoman in that movie. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. I think she was great. Yeah, and yeah, Penguin was good too. Good stuff. Um, I want to go with, I. it's no one likes this movie, but I really like Batman Forever. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> I like Batman Forever. Kiss from a Rose is a great song. That's a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, I, I really like Batman Forever a lot. I think I just love how hammy the villains were. And I think that there was a really good chemistry slash duo of Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones that I just very much enjoyed. Um, and I, I like Nicole Kidman too. I, I, and Val Kilmer was probably one of my favorite Batman growing up, but I was probably r- right around that correct age to like just be a fan of whatever was being handed to me. So it's part nostalgia. I know that much, but I think that um, it's overlooked. <laughs> I think it's fun. I don't think it's as bad as people say. Tam, uh, what do you think? All right, Tam, what do you think? <laughs> uh, another, I'm, gonna, I'm bringing the animated... <laughs> Uh, representation here so Dark Knight Returns was adapted obviously one of the greatest Batman stories of all time in fact maybe the Batman story of our time Um, adapted into an animated movie with uh, I believe it's Paul Weller was Robocop Mm -hmm. whoever played Robocop (laughs) and uh, that one villain in uh, that season of 24 Um, (laughs) I think it's Paul Weller something like that Um, he voiced uh uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, as old as the older version from that story, from Frank Miller's story. 
and it's just a fantastic adaptation. I remember watching the mud pit scene where he fights the mutant leader and says that iconic line, this is a, this is a surgeon's table, as he's systematically destroying the mutant leader while all his uh, troops and underlings watch and getting chills. And that, that story is amazing, the way it kind of works in Superman as a character. And um, uh, Robin, uh, an amazing version, Carrie Kelly, I think it is. Um, just a fantastic adaptation of the original source material, I think, um, that I think any Batman fan should watch again. It's just, I, I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, and it really was, and it it made me so happy to see it that good. Yeah, I, that sounds great. I still have to see that. Um, but I also want to shout out Lego Batman movie because that's a good film. That is a very fun movie. So I highly recommend watching it. It's just a good time. Um, it's a feel-good film, so you probably want to watch that now. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for Batman movies. The last question I have is, uh, in the rankings I noticed for Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Batman and Robin was the lowest ranked slash rated Batman movie. Do you agree with this? Is it actually worse than Batman v Superman? Yes, it is worse. <laughs> yes. I think, so I they think, got it right. They got it right. They got, they got it right. <laughs> that one's horrible. That one's uh, absolutely horrible. It's unwatchable. <laughs> Chill out. It's good. It's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> All right, that's it for this episode of You Should Be Watching. So please let us know what you thought in the comments below. And if you have any questions or want suggestions for specific genres, or if you want some kind of horror movie or in like a comedy, let us know in the comments as well. You can also email us at ysbw at gamespot.com. That's ysbw at gamespot.com. And you can also listen to us. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And follow us on Twitter as well. I'm at Chastity underscore V. Tam? I'm at Tomo H. Ryan? And I'm at Ryan Eric P. Please, if you have any advice on raising a puppy, send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.